The Leader Coronavirus Daily brings you the latest news, analysis, special features and interviews as we all attempt to get through this pandemic. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marslin. The UK is plotting a bold new move against the spread of coronavirus. The big reveal in our paper today is uh, a full tracking and tracing programme is going to be set up with a deadline of the end of this month. Our political editor Joe Murphy on the Evening Standard's exclusive story and he's also interviewed Labour's new leader Keir Starmer. And... China's a very sophisticated country and they could have contained it. They were either unable to or they chose not to. And the world has suffered greatly. Donald Trump's undermining his own intelligence service with this claim of evidence COVID-19 was made and released by the Chinese. But is this really just about the US election and his falling approval rating? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, a potentially major breakthrough for the UK against coronavirus. This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reid, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This could be the decisive move against coronavirus. Full-scale tracking and tracing of new infections by the end of this month. That's the government's new target, using an app that's been in development and tens of thousands of officials to chase down fresh outbreaks. It comes as testing heads towards the target of 100,000 a day, and our editorial column says it's a welcome shift in strategy. Testing on its own won't beat coronavirus. It's what's done with the information that will make the difference. As we reveal today, the government's now aiming to have the app that's being developed to track and trace infection up and running by the end of this month. 
apps have made a difference in other countries, but getting the technology right is hard. And even if it works, there needs to be a big, skilled team of people behind it. Doing this will be harder than testing people, but if it works, we will know we are beginning to win this fight. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, is with me over the phone. And Joe, tell me about this app that's been developed. Yeah, this app is going to be quite close to the one that they use in South Korea, where it's been enormously successful in helping tracking and tracing. And the big reveal in our paper today is uh, a full tracking and tracing programme is going to be set up with a deadline of the end of this month. Um, so that's just 30 days to get it going. And the, and the app, it's apparently it's very close in terms of technology to dating apps. Not that uh, I would know anything about those, because um, a, a cold telephone in the hallway was uh, my last um, dating tool. But it's, uh, it will tell you if you spent a significant amount of time in close proximity to somebody who later records as having had symptoms of coronavirus. And that will make you a potential carrier, and you'd be advised by the app to isolate. So that could make an enormous difference to the UK. It could do, um, only in conjunction with a very wide, broad policy that has humans, a, a large number, tens of thousands of people tasked with tracing and tracking outbreaks of the disease. This means that if you test positive for coronavirus, the if you've been using the app, that will then send an alert to people that you maybe sat next to on the tube train or um, stood next to in a queue at the shops for a long time in, 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 in close proximity. But also, you will be interviewed by officials who will then try to work out where you've been in the last five days or a week and speak to everybody that you would potentially have infected. So that could be friends or workmates if you were close to them and not socially distancing quite maybe enough. And in that way, everybody who could be carrying the virus gets isolated, made to take extra precautions until they're either confirmed to have it or cleared. And by doing so, you take you have outbreaks without question. That's inevitable but you stop them from becoming epidemics again. And this comes as it appears the government's hit its target of testing 100,000 people in a day. I wonder with that, because of the amount of pressure on Matt Hancock, I wonder if he's feeling some relief today. Well, I'm told by um, somebody in Whitehall it is squeaky bum time for Mr Hancock. At the, as of the time of speaking to you, the figures have not yet arrived at the Department of Health to confirm whether or not he's actually hit the target of 100,000 tests carried out in a 24-hour period. Um, they don't sound despondent, so I think he's confident that he's got the numbers. Um, but it, in a sense, it doesn't really matter. The big picture is that um, capacity for testing, which was 10,000 a month ago, is now 100,000. And that makes possible something else. Not simply 100,000 random tests a day, but it's the capacity that can start this tracking and tracing, um, covering the whole country, mapping out breaks, getting on top of them, much as the Germans have done to great effect with a fraction of our death toll. 
on testing, you've spoken to Labour's new leader, Keir Starmer, and he wants to increase that target to 250,000 a day, doesn't he? Yes, and uh, this is th- that number actually is one that was first floated as a sort of goal, but not quite an informal wish by the Prime Minister, although at the time he made clear that that would be using the antibody tests. These are the cheap um, sort of, you know, put a pinprick of blood on a pregnancy test style um, bit of kit. Very easy to do at home, but unfortunately so far has proven too unreliable to issue. So the quarter of a million target was what the Prime Minister was aiming for, um, some time ago, but now Sakir Starmer has come in and said, "Look, hundred thousand tests—that's just not enough. You need about that two hundred fifty thousand figure." So he said to the prime minister, "Get back, embrace that figure, and deliver it." And by the way, instead of recruiting eighteen thousand people, which is what the government announced a couple of weeks ago to do tracking and tracing, Starmer says you're looking at fifty thousand at least to carry it out. And how about enlisting some of those people who volunteered when the call went out for volunteers? Do you remember back in March and 750,000 people stepped forward? A lot of them haven't had much to do. Next. I think he's sort of sticking with what he's done over the previous three and a half years. And then he's sort of speaking mainly to the people who already support him. And, and the fact that there's some inconsistencies there with what he's saying and what others in the administration are saying, that won't hurt him on, on that front. US politics expert Dr. Rubrik Began, what's behind Donald Trump's claim of evidence the Chinese created COVID-19? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. The office of the US National Intelligence Director almost never comments on ongoing work, but last night it issued a statement saying COVID-19 is not man-made or genetically modified. It also doesn't know where the virus came from. Most scientists think it started in animals. The statement came out of the blue. Perhaps they were expecting something because a few hours later, Donald Trump told a press conference he'd seen evidence China had the disease in a Wuhan lab and may have let it out deliberately. My question is, have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And what gives you a high degree of confidence that this originated from the Wuhan Institute of Virology? I can't tell you that. I'm not allowed to tell you that. Why would China do that? Donald Trump says Beijing doesn't want him re-elected. So just to break that down, Donald Trump is suggesting China may have created a disease and released it to the world to stop Donald Trump winning the November vote in the US. 
Well, joining me now is US politics expert Dr. Rubrik Began from Kent University. And Dr. Began, how much of this is about China and how much is it about persuading his supporters to vote for him again? Yeah, I think the vast majority of it is about um, the domestic political situation in the United States. I mean, Trump has been aware of the recent polling data that's come out, which suggests that, you know, he's, he's kind of slipping, he's losing this kind of a very brief uh, bounce that he had in some of his approval ratings. Um, so when COVID-19 really became a national issue in the U.S. in March, Trump did see a, a kind of marginal increase in his overall approval ratings. Um, and that's been slipping the last few weeks as the crisis has deepened in the United States. And Trump is aware of this. You know, his, there's been reporting on this that his advisors, his political advisors, have, have kind of showed him some internal pol- polling that they have, that, they, that they've done that that suggests that um, you know this 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 bump is starting to fade, and so I think that um, I think that you know the decisions he's making now are really focused mainly on this the, the kind of elect, uh, electoral context in, in regards to 2020, much more so than than China itself. And this is consistent with what we've seen from Trump over the past uh, three years. When he talks about foreign policy, he's talking mainly to a domestic audience. Um, and, and a kind of slice of that domestic audience, he's speaking mainly to his support base rather than uh, the kind of nation as a whole. And that's something that I think is different about Trump as compared to previous presidents. One thing I thought was really interesting about the press conference last night was when Donald Trump claimed that he had seen evidence that COVID-19 is an engineered virus. And that completely contradicts his own intelligence service who says there's no evidence for that. But then Trump has always tried to set up this battle between him and the deep state, hasn't he? Which his base kind of laps up. Yeah, that's right. And I think this is where it's important to kind of distinguish Trump, the individual, from Trump, the administration. Uh, and there's there's different there are different actors, there's different things going on. And I think um, with Trump, the individual, you know, he's this kind of populist actor. He's He's framing things in a particular way. Um, which may make it more difficult for the, the kind of political message to reach certain audiences within the United States. But again, that's not necessarily what he's trying to do here. Uh, I think, he again, he's sort of speaking mainly to his, his base. Um, and so when you have this kind of inconsistency where he's saying one thing about where the virus may have originated and, you know, the officials in his administration are saying uh, something else, um, that, that sort of gives the, the message some incoherence. But for his supporters, they're really focused on what he's saying, not necessarily what his, his intelligence officials are saying. So <clears throat> there's a kind of trade-off here politically because it, it makes it more difficult for Trump to reach a kind of independent swing audience in, in the kind of middle of American politics. But that's not necessarily what he's trying to do. I think he's sort of sticking with what he's done over the, the previous three and a half years. And then he's sort of speaking mainly to the people who already support him. And the fact that there's some inconsistencies there with what he's saying and what others in the administration are saying, that won't hurt him on that front. No, and if Donald Trump can kind of plausibly make this case to his base that he's not to blame in any way for what's happened with COVID-19 in the States and the number of people who have been infected and the number of people who have died, then that's going to make it really hard for the Democrats, for Joe Biden, to make a dent in his popularity, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I mean, we've seen from Biden already that I think part of Biden's electoral strategy moving forward will be to kind of almost try and run to Trump's right in some ways on, on China. So Biden released this, this ad that sort of 
was suggesting that, that Trump had, you know, <clears throat> made a mistake in trusting Chinese authorities and was sort of suggesting in some ways that Biden would be tougher on China than, than Trump would be. I don't know how well that'll play. I mean, I think that part of the problem here for the Democrats is that that still sort of keeps the overall message on China rather than on Trump's response or the administration's response. And so this is where I think some of the outlandish things that Trump says, although I don't know that it's part of a deliberate political strategy on his part, I think it may be more of a kind of impulse in how he kind of handles the sort of media narrative. It's hard for people to understand that that actually could work to Trump's advantage, um, this kind of conspiracy theory around the origins of, of the virus. It sort of prevents the media from really digesting or, or kind of analyzing um, the failures in the administration's overall response to the pandemic. It kind of keeps the, the, the narrative overall on the issue of China. I mean, it makes it difficult for Democrats to really kind of hammer home the problems in the administration's response at the federal level if the discussion is kind of constantly on, you know, where the virus originated in China. It must be so frustrating for the Democrats and journalists in America, too, when so much of what Donald Trump says is not true. And yet it's incredibly hard to get facts out. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think, as you know, as I was saying before, I think that, um, you know, we, we have seen a, a slight decline in Trump's overall approval rating, um, including among independent voters. Um, but you're right that, that um, you know, the Democrats will have a, a kind of challenge, I think, moving forward in, in trying to kind of break through um, and, and really kind of keep the focus, the overall focus on um, what the administration did or didn't do in response to the pandemic. Um, rather than the, the kind of, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, thinking about how it relates back, back to China and, and that kind of thing. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standards live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back on Monday at 4pm. Thank you.